You could be dissected in a very artful way. Okay, the recording is on, Audacity is on, everything is fucking on. Let's start this show. Let's get this show on the road. <laughs> do we have any follow-up? You have a follow-up. I do have a follow-up. So, the last show and the show before before that was about different shows, so years and years and stars and my. They are not that mainstream. So I had one of our listeners telling us that like, we should tell the audience one episode before for them to have time to actually watch it. If it's not mainstream. If it's not mainstream. Okay. Okay. I thought the point was to try and do some stuff spoiler-free. And I don't think we can do any interesting analysis that are spoiler-free, right? I think, yeah, that's not our show. Like, some shows do that, and, like, that's fine for them, I guess. Uh, but I don't think we can, like, we have that kind of show where we can just say, oh, it was good, let's not do... Sp-. And for me, also, like, spoilers are everything. Like, for me, saying that a show is good is actually kind of a yes. spoiler. So... I mean, you, ca- you can't really talk about a show without delivering information. But with... Respect to the point of warning people up ahead, I guess this would just require us to get organized and have some kind of schedule, uh, <laughs> uh, foresight of what we're doing before we're doing it. Yeah, because... I think we we could do that. If we don't, like, actually we're doing one a month. I think we could actually like, think about it a bit further. But, like, if we don't, maybe we could avoid, like, subject where, like, show are 90% of the subject. Uh, and we could just uh, do a generic subject, like, today. I mean, we could, but also we want sometimes to talk about lighter topics, like, I don't know, shows, TV, books, whatever. And We could have done, should have done for this episode. We can always change. It's not, like, put in stone. Do the banana uh, art episode. Wait, that's not an episode. That's at best a follow-up of Banksy. Oh, but it, what? No, it was not the last episode. Okay, fuck. We could. Okay. <laughs> if you're so excited, like, what do you have to say about the banana art? <laughs> because I've learned a lot. Because I was like, what is this shit? And then, like, I've actually like read a lot about it just to understand like what the fuck was happening. So, so, so in art, like, okay, okay. So the banana on the wall piece. You don't actually buy the nor the duct tape nor the banana. You don't have that. You have a certificate that says that you have the right to put a banana with duct tape on the wall. What happens if I put a banana with duct tape on the wall without certificate? You can do that in your private house, but it's not like the artist's work. Okay. So, but but like, okay, okay. So so let's digress a bit. But like, so I was like, is that the first time someone does that? And not like. At all. Like, there's a huge trend, like, in contemporary... Not even contemporary, right? Like, modern art. That is, like, uh, called concept art. And concept art is all about the concept that you write on a certificate for people to... For, like, usually museum to do that. So when you go to, like, the Met or, like, the Pompidou Center in Paris or, like, that kind of museum and you see, like, huge wall pieces that are, like, painted on the wall, the artist never, like has never been in that fucking museum even. It's like they're following instruction that the artist put on a certificate. 
and like what what the buyer buys the certificate for people to be able to for sorry for people to be able to do like to reproduce that or, or not even like, like for example like i discovered that yoko ono you know like the john lennon okay yeah uh, like that yoko ono is actually a really really good like concept art artist and like super well known in the domain like i didn't know that at all and i have a huge like appreciation for her work like it's like their, their rule so they you can't really buy like any certificate like it's not like that but it's, it's just like book of stuff to do so like the piece of art is just like scream at a wall scream at your like cat scream at a door okay uh, and like the, the the thing is like you need to do that and you've done like the piece of art that she had in mind wait so is the piece of art the the recipe or the execution The piece of art is the execution. The art, the artist is the creator of the rules. That certainly raises a lot of interesting points about ownership and intellectual property. <laughs> the one that I really loved, like, not really conceptual, but I love the one that say like, play like that piece of like classical music with the sound of the wood at 8 a.m. And I just love the idea of like the sound of the wood at 8 a.m. and like just being just like background music for like the piece of other music that she wrote. Mm -hmm. And she could have recorded that, right? But the fact that it's instructions it makes it different and somehow a little bit live. Yeah, and like the idea is not like, it's the idea of the, basically like she's doing the music, the abstract music, perfectness of Forestwood 8am. She's not doing a recording of Forestwood 8am. It's like you need to do it at like the forest. You know what I mean? It's not about the recording. It's about like doing it. But what you're gonna do is different from what she had in mind because she never listened to your forest. I don't know. If... Mm -mm -mm. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting. How does it differ from us having a conversation? But it depends on the kind of... Like I, I feel like some conversation could be art. I mean, like I'm more and more intrigued. Like I'm watching more and more like... I'm watching more and more YouTube channel about art. Because I feel like I know nothing about it. And like this banana thing like just blew my mind. And I was like, I need to understand a bit more about like art. But like the banana piece, for example, like the actual artist was like, thanks for participating in banana on the wall. Like I can't remember the name of the thing, but like thanks in participating in and like the name of the piece, which is fun because it means that like the actual critics of the piece for the artist was actually art piece and not the actual banana on the piece the thing is that like the banana i won't i would like to talk about the banana without removing all the money part in like when it was shown at like this art fest festival not festival but art exhibition thingy like it was not like It's a thing that happened like every year and blah, blah. And like, it was not worth 100k at that point. Like people like just showed and like everyone was like queuing to see that piece. And that's why yeah. it has a run at that price. And now it's ruined. <laughs> I, I, no, it, I think it makes the piece more interesting, to be honest. Well, it makes another piece <laughs> that is also interesting, but that's not the banana. I, I would like the artist to have like this... He should have written, like, the thing is, like, it will be super popular. People will Instagram it. And people will queue for that shit and pay 200k for it. And that the art piece. He should have written that. Well, that, that would have been amazing. <laughs> that would have been so great. But that's what he's selling. 
Okay, so maybe I didn't have the full context of the banana. <laughs> exactly, that's what I'm saying. Like the banana thing, like just open a wide range of stuff. I'd like to give a warm shout out to our sponsor, The Solid State of Matter. Have you ever thought, damn, this gas is taking too much space? Well, The Solid State of Matter is here for you. If you switch for free to our sponsor, we guarantee a higher density of matter, resulting in less wasted space. Pressure conditions may apply. By the way, uh, we've been talking about it and I finally decided to not wait for you and try No Man's Sky. <laughs> yeah, you made the right choice. I have no computer to play that game and I have no money to yeah, buy a computer. Yeah, I, so clearly a good choice. I guess part of me remembered that you don't have a, a gaming computer anymore. Yeah. <laughs> the result is I'm having quite a good time with it. I'm liking it a lot. And How long so have you my... played? a lot more than I would care to admit because I don't know if I'm really bad at this game or I miss set of the difficulty or anything else but it feels like a basic survivor it feels a lot like Starbound like you gather your stuff and build a little base but somehow a lot harder like I keep dying and resetting the progress because when you die you lose your whole inventory and there is not really chests so it feels like a very challenging survival kind of thing. Okay. But at the same time, not annoyingly challenging. Like I never got frustrated. I always wanted to like, you can, you can basically go back to the point you were quite easily. And I'm pretty sure there is modes where you can make it easier. But that's insane. Like that's very, very good because making a game a hard game while making it not frustrating is like very very rare well maybe it's just hard because i suck <laughs> that, that, that's like i feel like i'm doing thing, things wrong but to answer your initial question i think i played around 40 50 hours okay so that's quite a bit yeah but i've only barely scratched the surface <laughs> which is like the the thing that's scaring me like i just managed to build my first chest your first chest? But they make the chests really late in the game. So wait, wait, you don't have a spaceship yet? No, 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 you have a spaceship right away. Well, pretty much right away. You have a spaceship and you don't have a chest? Yeah, chests are really scarce in that game. It, so this game has, a, like, I didn't expect it, but it has a strong inventory management component because you're very tight for space and there's a lot of elements in nature. So how do they do the element? Like, are they? Is there a limit number of elements? Of because there's unlimited worlds, there's no limit. No, there is. I think there's a limited number of elements, and I think uh, in the end it's probably pretty limited. Like, I don't think the planets are that much radically different from each other, or the life forms, or something like that. Uh, I don't think it can keep me entertained forever but it can keep me entertained for a surprisingly long amount of time <laughs> but is there any like different biotope because all the planets are the same no so all the planets have their own fauna and flora like different plants and different animals all the planets are alive meaning like having life in it no i don't think so but i think that i mean 
they, they, you can only be so different, right? There is always like the oceans, that like tree kind of things, bushes kind of thing, things that work on four legs. But do, I don't know, like, does a life form always use like water and oxygen, or like is a life form walking on like sulfur and whatever? But I mean, like, if you always go to a planet and like you always have, you always have like mammals, like it's a bit sad. Sure, but the mammals could be like, uh, like laying eggs or whatever, and you don't really see the difference because you don't spend like a lot of time in uh, analyzing their life cycle. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. Like, like the aim of the thing is really not like the actual life form. <laughs> Maybe I should just spend more time watching. Well, actually, you say that, but there is like a photo mode, and they're trying to make a Pokemon snap out of it. Like there is missions, like take five pretty pictures, whatever. So, the, so my main impression after playing No Man's Sky is that the whole development was a big, big misunderstanding because. When I play, I get the game they were trying to to do, and I think it's a very nice game that I like a lot. But it's completely different from what people understood from the trailer. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what is the game, and what was like? So the game is the game is like Starbound. You know Starbound. So how can I describe this for listeners? Is uh, a lot like Minecraft. <laughs> It's uh, you, you have a server with one or two friends, like small multiplayer. You build your base and expand it and customize it a little bit, discover new stuff, explore new stuff, improve your base, etc. And people uh, really latch on when the trailer went out to the... Uh, or infinite, infinitely procedurally generated multiplayer giant space battles or whatever and I don't feel like that's what they signed up for delivering at all <laughs> so it, it's a game that is like at its core it's the same yeah it's the same principle as a like surviving game essential gameplay as Minecraft and you wouldn't expect Minecraft to be an MMORPG okay. but it is an MMORPG well no there is so after like all this backlash and the years of development there is an element of multiplayer but it's still very much like Minecraft or Starbound so there is a nexus where you can meet other people that you don't know and other and invite them to your universe all your discoveries are shared through a central global database so when you discover a planet you upload it to to the database and sometimes you go to planets that have been discovered by other people or named by other people and you get points for discovering stuff but i mean it's it's nice it's cute uh i don't well, it's it's certainly maybe one of the main points of the game, but it's like it's not per by essence multiplayer designed. <laughs> it's it's more like people. It's it's designed like a Maxis game, like a Sims game, or or maybe more likely sport. I think about sport a lot, where you do your creation and upload it to the catalog for other people to share. And so, if you're expecting a multiplayer game, uh, yeah, there's. A lot of miscommunication around that. <laughs> okay, let's. I'll let you introduce the subject because you wrote it. Yeah. And yeah. I don't want to do it. <laughs> 
Yeah. So you can do it. Topic to introduce, I guess. Right. So let's say, like, I can phrase it very easily and we can see how the conversation goes from there. Uh, I was thinking about all the user interfaces changes and all the design changes and maybe gentrification in the grander scheme of things, but let's stick to the UI. Uh, all the UI changes that we see around ourselves. And I'm like thinking, is this permanent or is this a fad? Like, is this leading somewhere or is it like a trend effect? And so my question, like the question I'd like to start with is material design, like a fashion trend that will go away in 10 years? Or is this an evolution towards the natural order of things, let's say, in order to find the interface that fits the best the human psyche? Okay, just before starting, we need some disclaimer. So Johan works for Google, which <laughs> does the material design guidelines. I, and I work for a company that is heavily linked to the iOS ecosystem that does not use uh, material design guidelines. We can start. Okay, so maybe maybe I'm uh, I'm misspeaking. So when I say material design, I just uh, talk about the idea of having a lot of wasted space, everything be white and yeah, but that's material. Yeah, but that has been created. And well, iOS does the same, right? Even if you don't call that material design, the the spirit of it. It's not radically different. They're a bit different for many reasons. And I think material design is interesting for many other reasons. And I think... Okay, so I don't know uh, the difference between material design and the iOS version. So I I was not talking about specifically material design conventions. I I know you were not talking specifically, but I think we need to talk a bit specifically because that can change the actual debate. If I understand well, like, so before starting the actual conversation, we need to like put the base. For you, material design is just like design today. So white, mainly white, no actual button, like super flat. And, and what? And big text? Very few, uh, very, uh, a lot of uh, empty space. Okay. How do you say, yeah, how to phrase that? Okay, okay, a lot of, okay, so, so, yeah, that's sparse information, low, low information density. Low information density. Okay, so that's also true for Apple. The only big difference is that I wanted to make and that I feel like is interesting is that in material design, there's a, there's a lot, there's a sense of dimension that doesn't exist in Apple. Uh, meaning, uh, the sense of dimension is if you put an object on another object, the actual other, like the top object, cast a shadow automatically. And that is chaomorphic as shit. Meaning like you, f- you think the UI as actual objects that you put on a, on a 3D surface. And, and even if that changed mm-hmm. the last guideline of Google, the base of material design is that like it's material, like stuff that you put on a screen is matter that you put on it and reflect stuff. And why is that interesting is that, uh, it marks like we went from what we call now nowadays like brutalist design, which is just like text and like just like weird, not weird, but like just very easy plastered stuff. Uh, so, so so we went from that, which is we don't know how to use computer, like it's new, it don't have a lot of power, so we can't put like a lot of picture and blah blah, 
Too scary, you're more thick, like, oh, we have power, like, let's put, like, real stuff, like, oh, your desktop mm. is actually that. Well, the, yeah, it was the early days, so it wasn't really thought of, right? It was more emerging. Yeah. Then we do, like, scaleomorphic, so let's, everything looks like real world, so, like, a block knot is an actual block knot, and blah, blah, blah. And material then comes after that. So basically, it's still from scaleomorphic to material, like, there's a weird space of, like, scaleomorphic is a bit shitty, let's remove that, but also, let's remove that completely. And then Google decided to like put shadow again and put stuff like that again to have a sense of like of matter basically. While uh, while I Apple went a bit the other way, they're like scaleomorphic is shit. Let's remove it as well. But let's put no shadow whatsoever. Let's put everything flat. Is there a name for the Apple version? It's fl- I think it's flat design. Ah, that sounds that rings a bell. <laughs> That's uh, I possible. don't know. I'm not a designer. So I have no, like, I'm talking about stuff that, yeah, also disclaimer, I don't know shit. Like, maybe 95% of the stuff that I'm saying is completely <laughs> false. <laughs> we should we should record that as, like, the intro for our podcast, yeah. because that's true every time. Uh, but yeah, well, you certainly know a lot more than me. I uh, didn't know but, any of this world. Yeah, so, so, uh, so the only thing, so why, why is that all that story is interesting is not like, ooh, like, that would be different. My thinking about that question is I do feel that we're going somewhere close. We are moving forward something in UI and UX. We're moving like forward. We're progressing. We're making better stuff. But there's some fashion trend. Yes. And the fashion trend is that kind of shit. What kind of shit? Like the fashion trend is like, are we the actual trend that is following and like, and then there's a deeper question or is it like close to our human brain blah 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 is I think because now we're so much focusing on UX much more than UI so UX is user experience and UI is the interface itself and so what I'm saying is like because now UX research and UX design is so much important than UI and UX research actually trying to understand how the human brain work for the interface to make the least to demand the least cognitive effort ever so yeah, so we're moving toward design and like user experience that are very close to how the human brain works, meaning user less cognitive resources. Okay, so when I think about that, it always comes to mind like the trends in, I don't know, clothes fashion or architecture or something like that. And how during the 20th century there was like, I don't I don't think about that, but like... Uh, there, there were fashion fads, etc. Mm-hmm. But there, so you're saying that contrary to these fashion fads, the UX as a whole is uh, has self-aware research designed to optimize for one goal. So it's going in one direction. Uh, yes. So yes, but you could say you could say that more and more, like well, in anything, because like anything has for more and more research, like even fashion do market research and blah, blah. Yes. But the only difference is like fashion do market research just to know like what you like and what you like is, it's not optimizing for like the human brain, just optimizing for like for what's new. But well, it's optimizing for what's new, not for what's good for your brain. So Your mm-hmm. brain like new, it's mm-hmm. optimizing for that. 
But what's new is like what you forgot what was old 50 years ago. But, but what's very close to actual UX and UI is architecture. So architecture, I feel like I have the same thing of architecture can be... But architecture has like cycles and trends that come and go and like don't really go towards the... A point. Yes you? and no. Because like architecture well, is also... So I don't know, like I know a bit, but not that much about architecture. But like architecture is also a mean to an end. It, it's it's designing a way of life. And when you say, like when we were talking about brutalist website, like when you see brutalist architecture, which is like all the shit in Paris suburbs, like the actual like build, like concrete building, or in you are like the old... Russian block, not Russian, URSS block, uh, all that like USSR concrete building, uh, that's brutalist, like it's called brutalist architecture. And it had like, it had a view on how people should live. Like it should be, there's a sense of community and like they need to be close to each other. And there's like function over design, it needs to be very functional, it doesn't need to be beautiful. So it has, and right now it needs to be green, it doesn't need to use energy, it needs to, people needs light. And like the thing is, it's now architecture is actually thinking about what's good for human, which, which is like basically social life, health, uh, and easy, like, yeah, just like mental health. And so we are designing better building and better structure to to do like a better life. Okay, so so it changed because the meta parameters of the system changed, like the they were not optimizing for the same thing. So maybe uh, in the future, like the 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 <laughs> the, the the world changes, and then architecture will not be optimizing for mental health anymore, and will have a different fad. Then yeah, uh, yes, and that that could be the same for UX. Then you 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 won't want to optimize for mental load, but for some else the next big craze so external constraints the world changes and external constraints put some pressure on the goal and shift the goal and that makes trends but so is this optimization yeah i don't know and i guess are these people gonna change like is there ever gonna be a focus away from decreasing cognitive load or something like that? I think the only... The thing is, like, because now, well, big companies like Google, Apple, etc., base their UI and UX on actual cognitive research, so on actual, like, scientific paper and research, uh, cognitive research can be very wrong sometimes on on what you're focusing on with your eyes. Uh, <laughs> we're quite there. <laughs> Uh, I think I think what will ch- no, but like, I think what will change a lot is the actual medium. So yeah, flat design will die with AR glasses. Yeah, okay, that's, that's okay. But uh, wait, 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 okay, okay. I feel like we, I missed the question completely. Well, let's take a break and come back. Today's sponsor is rubidium. Rubidium is the chemical element of atomic number 37. It's widely known for being the first not really well-known alkali and for giving the color purple to some fireworks. So during the break, I thought about something that I didn't thought before, uh, which is like there's a new paradigm, a completely new paradigm on iPad to transform the iPad into an actual like working thing, like that's the aim. 
to be able to work on an iPad. And I've tried to use my iPad that way, like with a new iOS that like push that that kind of use. And it's a completely different paradigm than on the Mac. Mm-hmm. And on the and the Mac is also designed to work on it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's more a working design, working device than anything else. But but the iPad is not, and like they're pu- pushing they're pushing that and that use with with, inter- with interactive design. Uh, and what I'm I'm thinking is why do they do that? Is because the new generation is way more used to a gesture based interface than our generation. So it's very big with university students. And the thing with university students is they're gonna be real adult after that, and they want yeah. to use some things that they use for the last four years. Uh, which will be iPad, uh, and and what's interesting in that is uh, is the old computer way is not really inter- like gesture based. It's really clicking based. It's mouse based, yeah. Yeah, and the iPad OS is very much like gesture based. Like okay, put your three finger there and one finger there and does something. Put it's not discoverable at all. Like you can't discover that shit if you didn't watch a tutorial, but. But yeah, so I think it's also moving with with like generation base and what. Well, it, it goes back to what you were saying before the break about the affordances of the medium, right? The, because we had to use mouse and keyboard, we did things a certain way. Now we have mostly touch interface, so we're doing things a different way. And who knows what's coming next? Yeah, but also what's interesting about like the other subject of reversing the, the human brain is that the human brain of the new generation, so generation whatever, Z, Z, Y, X, I, like the new generation, <laughs> is that like brain are a very flexible little things. And when at three, like I've just, at Christmas, there was this like three-year-old kids, my little cousin, uh, he was playing on the phone at three years old. No problem whatsoever. I could use the phone perfectly, play the little game perfectly. Like, no problem whatsoever. And this guy, this little guy brain at, like, 10 years old will be completely different than my brain. Not completely, but, like, a lot. Yeah, so we're optimizing for something that's changing. Yeah, so what I'm hearing here is even if you have a goal, like a teleological, like a goal-based vision, and, like, you're moving towards a goal, you still have these kind of fads or like trends fashion trends fashion trends to yeah you can have things that move movements that can be seen as fashion trends because the goal you're optimizing for may be moving maybe a moving target yeah it's a moving target it's just because we're not fixed basically like we can reverse engineer the brain uh as much as we want the problem with the brain is it's flexible <laughs> for with like with experiences <laughs> And you can't like you can't reverse engineer like the experience. Well, you can, but like it's very like yeah. So you don't think that lowering the information density, for example, to take uh, one example among many, is the the absolute uh, way that uh, the future is going to go necessarily? I don't think so because like I I, I don't like now that I like I was saying that like I think like 20 minutes before but I actually don't think so because there's this really cool research about gamers and how they can follow way more points on the screen than non-gamers uh, without any more like mental load so the, basically there's like moving bubbles on the screen and you need to follow them and count them and non-gamers have like a very low score on that like it's very hard for them but gamers are very high are, are, are as high as 
the people in the army watching radar and like basically it's their job to follow stuff on the screen for hours and hours. Uh, they have the same scores. And, and so if if little kids are playing now with games at three years old, maybe their cognitive like they can maybe they can actually have more information on the screen. Maybe they don't need that very low density of information. I don't know. And then you can put more ads. <laughs> and you can always put more ads. As a, uh, so, so basically, uh, so, what, so I think we need a bit of a conclusion about like UI, UX and reverse engineering the brain, which means that I think what we saw is we are optimizing right now. And I think the trend will continue in UX is to be closer to how the human brain works. The thing is, this is a moving target because well, it's like we can always be closer to the human brain works, but that doesn't give you a goal. The goal is to lim to to lower cognitive load, right? So there's uh, there's two goals to limit cognitive load. Uh, yeah, to yeah, let's say that. Like yeah, because your brain. Wants I mean, that. you could be closer to the human brain and increase cognitive load uh, in the most efficient way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So, so, so let's say to reduce cognitive load. The thing is, it's a moving target because how you use your cognitive load and how your brain uses your your cognitive resources are different based on like what you experience in your life. Okay, so that's approximately what's happening. Uh, now, if like what you were saying off show is that maybe you can push that into pop music. Well, yeah, I mean, is it like it's the whole thing like uh, trends and fashion crazes or whatever are not like particular to computer and technology, right? This is just one example, but uh, another interesting example is music genres and music fads. And when I listen to pop music especially that feels like it's designed specifically by people to be easy listening and you know these very famous uh, YouTube videos that say like all, all songs are with the same four chords or yeah. something like that I, I keep wondering like is this like in some way reverse engineering the human brain to to find like the, the songs that ticks the buttons of everyone Or, or is it a fad? <laughs> I think I don't know. I do, uh, I see what the those music, those pop music was pop music always. Like I mean, like disco was pop music before, no? Was like popular music, and it's not the same as like yeah, yeah. When did pop music as a thing start? Because I but disco was certainly filling the the place of pop music at some point. Yeah, and now like hip hop right. does no. Maybe yeah. I, I don't guess know. Like hip hop is the first genre listen anywhere, basically like France and like US and UK, pretty much everywhere. Let's don't need to let's stick to what we know, BTS. <laughs> let's stick with BTS and One Direction. Uh, uh, I but. <laughs> BTS is not on the hip hop fa uh, fad. That's for sure. That is for sure. No, but I do think you have a point. I I, I do think that the same as we've said for, for for interfaces, it's a moving goal. Meaning, there's this really cute research that, like you know, because I've told you like ten times, because I find that research like the cutest thing ever about the baby. Uh, not the baby, like the fetus. Fetus after they have an ear and they can understand what people are saying, but like still in utero, like listening to to their mum playing the harp, and then when they 
a like extra like when they're born uh the app make them sleep but for example i don't know heavy metal doesn't not even heavy metal like rap or like other classical music like make them be awake and what's really cute if it's like another mother have a fetish she's a singer in a heavy metal band and like it's the exact opposite so if she plays heavy metal the baby sleep if she play harps or like other stuff like uh, uh the the baby wake up and what's interesting in that is that you can actually see habituation of different sounds and and that works perfectly with like uh speaking to the baby so the father voice the baby recognizes as well when he when, when he's born i wanted to say wake up but what's interesting <laughs> in that is like is that you get habituation on different sounds and i i i think that like the sounds that surround you for one generation are pretty much the same. Like you have the same music, you have the same kind of like motor on the street, you have the same kind of sound environment. And maybe like pop culture and like more so for K-pop group and G-pop group because it's a bit more... Uh, and even like no pop group, like One Direction, like the very institutionalized, like the artists are very much like interpreters, not like singers, not really artists. Uh, uh, for those, I feel like they are trying to go very close to like your habituation level for it not to do something weird with your brain, like for it not to be shocking at yeah, all. Yeah, probably like the threshold of habituation and like new experience to, to find this sweet spot uh, that, that works. So time changes circumstances, that changes people, that changes the goal and optimizing for the goal creates that and that's how the world works uh, and for music it's really fun because uh, there's a l it's just literal like nice research again that shows like how many times you need to put a track on radio for people to get habituated to it for people to like it even if it's a bullshit track yes uh, I mean I'm I'm pretty sure that uh, UX will have the same treatment in like 20 years maybe music is like that because the music industry is a big thing that's been around for a long time but it's always kind of fascinated me when you when you hear like this cheap cheap sounding pop music uh, of like stuff that's obviously mass produced and somehow, like you can say, on an artistic point of view, okay, sure, they don't have, they, 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 from a certain point of view, they don't have the value of heartfelt songs or like a true work of art or whatever. But there's still like a lot of work that goes into reverse engineering the human brain enough to know what makes people tick, and in a way that's kind of like beautiful. Yeah, I don't you know. think I don't think it's a artistic endeavor. In one direction, I'm pretty sure that like the five of them won't say that like it was art. The director would say it was art. The producer won't say it was art. The engineer artist, like the engineer song singing, like I'm pretty sure no one in the whole thing would say that it is art. But, uh, what about me? <laughs> yeah, but you're not in the whole thing. You're just a, you're just a recipient for it. What? <laughs> Recipients are in the whole thing. <laughs> I, I would argue that I'm the main author of the One Direction work of art. Yeah, yeah. So, so you, yeah, yes. Yeah, but like that's, that's actually, I think like if you go one meta up anything, it can become performance art. Yes. Which is like, that's okay. My, that's my life. <laughs> yeah, like, yes. But you don't need to, yeah, you don't even need to go that deep in the meta level. Like just one is enough. Yeah. Actually. 
which is okay fair should read bodria so this is a performance art podcast uh we're not like yeah like you're part of the experience you're part of the art the actual thing is not the podcast in itself like who the fuck cares of what you're talking about Uh, this is just to waste time for our two listeners. Uh, as it's a work of art, performative, and uh, by essence live and involving the listener, this is obviously an interactive conversation. So feel free to leave all of your feedback and messages and whatever, really anything that crosses your mind, to our Gmail or Reddit or twitter <laughs> and share it with your friends and share it with your friends so it's not daily podcast at all of these things and and thank you for being part of this great work of art that we're all building not day after day but like episode after episode uh bye <laughs>